My name is Ryan Luke Winslade and I am a PK and middle child. I know what it's like to be a misfit, an oddball, a weirdo, but I'm okay with that. If you're like me, you are most certainly welcome. Even if you're not, you'll hopefully enjoy yourself here on Pastor's Middle Kid anyway. We'll talk about stuff and look at things a little differently. Alright, let's get started. Welcome to yet another Pastors Middle Kid episode. My name is Ryan Luke and it's great to have you listening. This episode is number 55. Yes, quite a milestone. That's right, 5 past 50. I mean, now I've made it to 55, I can probably make it to 60, right? Well, yeah, that's the that's the goal. <laughs> All right, uh... It's just me today, so I hope that's okay. Hope I can make you laugh. I'll probably make myself laugh. That's part of my gimmick, but it's also just part of my life in general. <laughs> uh, let's start out with everyone's favorite PMK segment, Walking with Frodo. Smoke rises from the mountain of doom. Walking with Frodo. I wish the ring had never come to me. That still only counts as one! I'm on page 903. Yeah, so not quite as far as I wanted to have <laughs> been by this week's episode. But I think what's happening subconsciously is I really don't want this to end. Because I kind of love it too much. Uh, have you ever got to the final season of a TV show and you know it's going to end? So you kind of dread watching every episode, even though you love it to bits. That's kind of how I feel with Lord of the Rings right now. The chapter I'm in is called The Land of Shadow. And it is about Sam and Frodo being in Mordor. So they can actually see Mount Doom in the distance. Uh, which is pretty cool, except that they're still about 40 miles away, according to Tolkien's judgments. And he was pretty good with his, his judgments, I think considering it was his world. Regardless, I'm getting there. I'm finally getting there. I'm not really going to do a music spot this week because everything will just be in one big sound chunk. Uh, so in case you were wondering what I've been listening to lately and uh, wanting to get your hands on some new music, then you can just ask me. Most of you know me, actually, in person. But not everybody does, and I really appreciate... Um, all of you that listen to this, which is less than 50 on average, but I've been known to have one or two episodes that got above 120, so maybe it was the guest that I got on. I like to think that it was my my charm and charisma. Oh well, that's that's okay. I, I'll uh, I'll get over it. I'll be a big boy about it. I have a few things that I want to talk about before I uh, I give you all a cheeky surprise. First of all, I want to talk about December birthdays. See, mine is the 15th of December, which at time of recording is tomorrow, but at time of release, 
is today or yesterday. I'll, I'll see when I can get this out. Anyway, I obviously have had a birthday in December my entire life, and it's 10 days before Christmas. Now, I know somebody whose birthday is on December 25th, and they have my sympathy. And I also know people that have their birthdays closer to Christmas than I do. I do know a couple of people that have their birthdays right after Christmas, and I guess Boxing Day sales could come in handy uh, for that over here in the Southland. But um, I don't know. For me, I, I've always had December to look forward to every single year. I guess the downside of having a birthday here is that you're kind of ready for the year to finish. And for those of us that enjoy Christmas time, uh, it isn't so much that my birthday detracts from Christmas, but it's more that Christmas overshadows my birthday. So in being excited about this time of year and instead of putting on mittens and a beanie and a big warm coat and going outside in the snow to build a snowman or something, we are going outside in singlets and shorts, barefoot, and slapping on heaps of sunscreen and sweating it off within four seconds of being outside. That's just the way things are here in Australia. And I woke up the other morning, um, I think it was probably the 2nd of December, and I just had this realization that I am in the December that I've known my entire life. This is how December feels. And if I had, say, been in a coma and woke up to how it felt in my room that morning, I would have known instinctively it was December, regardless of how long I'd been out. I'm a fan of December. It is a little bit irritating, particularly on my birthday, to have Christmas as the main focus for everybody else. A few years ago, I was visiting YWAM Newcastle at the end of my cousin's discipleship training school. And I was here, it so happened, over my birthday. I didn't really know anybody. I knew Michael Cook, I'd met him before, and you may remember him from episode 50, which was actually 49, but was the big celebratory 50th episode. Uh, he did discipleship training school with my brother. So I'd met him a few years before that, but aside from him and my cousin, I didn't really know anybody at YWAM. And I thought, it's okay, I'm, I'm gonna be however old I was. I'm gonna be 20, so I don't, I don't need to know anybody. My birthday isn't a big deal. But I got to the day and I realized I have been holding out for this day for 365 days. And here I am and nobody even knows it's my birthday. So maybe you might be able to relate to that if you've ever had a birthday in a different country or a different place where maybe you're at university and none of your friends were there or something like that. I happen to be the type of person that really, really wants people to do things for me or organize something for me because I'm generally pretty flexible with uh, with my interests and what I like to what I like to do to have fun with people that I love. So if it, if I'm with people, I don't mind if I'm playing the most boring card game of my life or whether I'm hiking a mountain in Norway. It doesn't 
matter to me as long as I'm with people that I love. So that not only can I feel loved, but I want to give as much as I can on my birthday. But I also kind of want a little bit of recognition. I'm, I'm sure you understand that. I feel like it, it, uh, it's held over from childhood. Um, uh, I know that my girlfriend Fiona definitely understands what I'm, what I'm getting at here. So on this particular birthday, it was three years ago, actually. Uh, for the first half of the day, I did nothing. It was a Sunday. So people had gone off to church, but also it was the day after my cousin's DTS had finished. So people were going home or they were Skyping people they're about to fly home and see. So even even uh, friends that I'd made that week were not really into hanging out with me because they were having their final hangouts with their friends from DTS. So I completely understood that. Yet I felt like nobody really cared about me. Uh, that afternoon, a staff member here at YWAM Newcastle at the time lent me their guitar and I played some songs for them and and that was really nice um, and I hadn't really had time because I'd been doing a diploma of music at the time to sit down and play guitar in quite a while. So I really appreciated the gesture. But then once the afternoon was coming to a close, I didn't have anything else to do and even my cousin was spending some time with her her classmates and it was just really odd. Um, the only plus side to that point had been Michael Cook and a DTS student asking if I wanted to go get Kung Fu Noodle, which is down near Woolworths in Mayfield. If you're ever in the area, Kung Fu Noodle is a Taiwanese noodle box place. It's great. Um, so that was, uh, that was a very, very good part of my day. But aside from that, it hadn't been very special. It had actually been worse than most other days I'd lived that year due to the fact that it was supposed to be special and it wasn't. This friend of mine that lent me their guitar asked me if I wanted to go out to a concert, um, that a church was putting on, uh, and so I went out there with uh, with Nathan Stevenson, who also happened to be playing with this girl. And they were one of about four different acts in this church's Christmas concert. So I just sat there while they were playing Christmas carols in a folk style with a banjo and all this type of stuff, and there was a sausage sizzle afterwards, and I knew even less people because it was a church I'd never been to. They just thought I was one of the YWAMers, but no, I was just a tag-along with the YWAMers. There were only three or four of them, so it was just really odd, and I didn't like it at all. Got home and actually cried. And sorry, by got home, I meant got back to the hostel that we live in, but I didn't live in at the time, so I was still a stranger, and it was my birthday, and Christmas had stolen the show. Um, so I expressed this to, uh, to this girl who was actually going to lead my school of music in missions, um, but ended up, uh, not doing that. And that was passed over to Stevie Lujan. Um, so she consoled me to some regard, and I think she made me a quesadilla or something like that. And Jonathan Scott, if you know him, he, he gave me a cupcake from Bread Run, which was really nice and 
it kind of turned the day around for me. It was a shame that I got to nine o'clock at night, though, before anything really good happened during the day. So birthdays in December can sometimes feel a little bit secondary to Christmas. And I couldn't plan my birthday. I guess my parents kind of could, but I don't want to go there. Regardless, the birthday that we have is ours alone, unless we're a twin, in which case we share it, but we still get to feel special. That's the idea of a birthday. It's a celebration of you, of your life. So in Christmas time, when we're also celebrating the birth of Jesus and there's all this hype and there are snowflakes in the Northern Hemisphere and sunburn in the Southern Hemisphere and mosquitoes. So many flippin' mosquitoes. I do not like mosquitoes. Ah, trust God to put me somewhere where it's really humid and there are mosquitoes at dusk every single day in summer. Ah, but you know, I'm taking up my cross daily and slapping on some Aerogard while I'm at it. So that's kind of how it feels being a December baby. On the one hand, it's awesome, because especially at school, uh, in the Southern Hemisphere, the school year is January or February to December. So m the main holidays is December through the end of January. And so I got to look forward to it all year, and then I get to have my birthday usually a day or two after the school term finished for the year. So I could even go home with my friends and we could have a sleepover at the end of the school year. And that could be a really fun thing to do. And then by the time I'm over my birthday or at least satisfied with it, I can focus on Christmas again, Christmas shopping and all that. Uh, but of course there are also downsides to, to that time of year. And even, uh, I was born in 93. So that's, that's my calendar year. And I claim that uh, quite wholeheartedly. I'm a 93 baby. I may have only snuck in by 16 days, but I am a 93 baby. I'm adamant about that. Um, but it also means I wasn't alive for very long in 93. 94 was my first full year, which is the case for every single 93 baby, of course. But still, I feel younger than everybody else that was born in my calendar year, because I actually am. But I think, especially growing up with a couple of older brothers and going to school, age was very significant. And if you were older than someone, in a sense, you kind of had a little bit of superiority. Um, or at least I felt inferior to people that were older than me. And I put them on this pedestal and said that they were cool, they were awesome, I wanted to be their friend, unless they proved that they weren't being weren't worth being friends with. I don't know. These are the thoughts that go through my head when I consider being born in December. <laughs> yep. Something in recent years that is quite cool about being born in December is Star Wars. Now, in case you couldn't pick up on the fact that I'm a Star Wars fan, I am. Uh, I would say I'm kind of an unofficial, quote-unquote, uh, Star Warrior, quote-unquote, which I like the Trekkies for Star Wars, but really, I'm not so much of a fan that I read all the books and read the comics and and play all the games front to back and do all of that stuff 
mostly because I don't have the money to get it. But I am one of the people that watches the YouTube videos that explain absolutely everything in uh, in the uh, the universe outside of the movies. And I've watched all the TV shows. So that's me. Um, Star Wars is a very big part of my life. And I am very excited that Rogue One comes out on my birthday this year. Last year... Episode 7 came out two days after my birthday, so that was okay. I got to see it as an early Christmas thing. Uh, but for my birthday this year, Chris Vanderweelen, love you, mate. He and his wife, Rebecca, will be uh, taking me to the movies for my birthday to see Rogue One, which Chris and I are both stoked out of our minds for. And it's funny because by the time you hear this, I will have already seen it, but uh, you'll have to wait on me for a review. Uh, <laughs> so that's really exciting and will probably be one of my favorite birthdays that I've ever had in my entire life. Um, yep, that's definitely a plus about December. Now, as far as these anthology movies go, I am quite excited because, like I just said, I watch all the videos that explain all the backstory to everything, and I watch the, the TV shows and, and things and would read the books if I could. So these anthology movies are filling in huge gaps in the, the overall timeline, but also opening up extra uh, worlds, so to speak, uh, to us as the viewers, as the consumers, as the the warrior poets of our time, we get to go to places like Jeddah and uh, Jakku and, and all these new planets that we've never been to before, as well as getting to follow along with the Skywalker clan and the bloodline and, and all that. So I'm excited for episode eight, but I'm pretty, pretty darn keen to see Rogue One because of uh, how much it will flesh out the uh, the skeleton that is in between episode three and four at the moment. One last thing that I want to talk about before uh, before the surprise is fear. Fear is something that we generally aren't very uh, willing to talk about because it's vulnerable. I think because we are afraid that people know our biggest fears, it kind of perpetuates that fear and it's, it's, it's a little bit strange. I would have said that I'm a naturally timid person. Um, at least as a boy, I was quite standoffish and didn't engage in things unless I felt people uh, gave me enough reason to trust them or to trust the swing or the scooter or, or whatever it was that, uh, that I was supposed to have faith in. And then when I trusted them and jumped off the swing or got pulled down the hill on a scooter while my friend was riding a bike, it ended up in broken arms and uh, a bunch of other stuff. You can hear about that on a previous podcast that I had um, talking about trusting in God. I wasn't the most courageous of boys. And even now, I am cautious I guess is the word for it when it comes to trying new things or 
having uh, a new job, for example. When I started as a cleaner at Trinity Christian School in Canberra, um, the year after I, I graduated, I obviously knew how to clean things. I mean, you'd squirt it and then you'd, uh, you'd apply the rag to it and, and clean the, the window or whatever it is. But because I didn't really know how the system worked, I wasn't in the routine. I was quite afraid to, to begin it. So I was naturally slow in getting going. But once I was confident, I was fairly reliable. That's kind of how I am with a lot of different things, whether it's trying out new uh, instruments or trying out new recording or music software or learning a new language. I don't tend to be the boldest person. Now, the reason I would have said that I'm not a naturally timid person, but don't anymore, is because of this Bible verse that we find in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Now, I don't know about you, but I am relatively well-disciplined in some areas, but also I could use a lot of improvement in others, particularly when it comes to uh, areas of self-discipline that I'm not proud of because you get to this point in uh, in a number of different circumstances where say say you're you're kind of lazy in an area um, whatever whatever that is whether it's uh, a messy room or something like that there comes a time where it's no longer important to you if you have a, a messy room or not because you just go there to sleep I I completely understand and respect that. I am the opposite. I like having a clean room and can't really think unless things are clean around me. But if somebody challenges you on the fact, you will almost always jump to the defensive and say, yeah, well, I don't need to be in my room. So you're kind of taking pride in the fact that you aren't keeping a, a clean room. And I'm not saying this is a sin. Don't, don't hear me wrong. But laziness in, in any capacity whether that is keeping your desk at work clean or whether that is uh, running a good race, uh, a, f a fun run or a cross-country event or something like that. If you give up in any regard, but you own it and, and you kind of get all smug and, and all that about it, then uh, in that area, it's kind of easy to acknowledge how you could improve but the uh, the choice of whether to improve or not is is entirely up to you it's self-discipline um, I'm thinking more in the areas of uh, talking behind people's backs or I don't know looking at things on the internet that you shouldn't be looking at or whatever it is, those areas are so much harder, especially if you know in your heart of hearts that it is wrong because we can be, we can be messy people and that's not a sin. But if we are deliberately being messy for the sake of upsetting somebody else or in defiance or disobedience, something like that, then that, that gets a little less gray. But say in the area of 
taking something that isn't yours. Say if you know your mum has a secret chocolate stash in the cupboard and you know you're not supposed to get anything from it, she's actually asked you specifically, don't take from this stash, it is mine. Um, yet every now and then you sneak something from there. I definitely did this, sorry mum. Those chocolate coated almonds were very tasty and I probably ate way more of them than I should have. But it was something that I knew I was doing wrong but it was harder for me to stop because of, I guess, the thrill of, of the sin or, or whatever it is, the momentary pleasure. And afterwards I'd feel guilty sometimes. Sometimes I'd be too proud to feel guilty. But God says he doesn't give us a spirit of timidity, of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline, or a sound mind, other translations say. So I don't really know why I started talking about fear just now, but of course, perfect love drives out fear and we don't have to be afraid of being found out if we are honest and take our sins to somebody to, to, um, to keep us accountable or even take them to God and repent. Uh, so there's, there's so many ways around sin, but it's something that I've kind of been wrestling with lately in that there are things in my life that I am not proud of and don't really want to admit to uh, to my faithful podcast listeners that I am afraid of being found out. And that's something that I need to be dealing with um, and will be, mark my words. This is part of my accountability. I mean, there's there's upwards of six people listening to this, so... If you all sent me a message, no, no, it's not on you. This is, this is me externally processing, and that usually helps me cement my ideas and my decisions. Uh, so thank you for listening uh, to that. So there are things in my life that I need to let go of timidity in, and I need to hold on to power and love and self-discipline. So I guess that's a... That's a mini-sermon for you. Speaking of mini-sermons, I'm sure you've been wondering what this surprise I am giving you is. Well, on the weekend, I took a choir from YWAM Newcastle that I've been conducting and coordinating to a couple of churches, one of them being my own in Mayfield, and we uh, not only sang uh, different Christmas carols for these churches, but also ran the service and did Bible readings and shared a testimony and things like that. I actually preached. This was, I think, my second or third time preaching ever. And I like to think that I did an okay job. Uh, I guess the, the you'll be the judge of that. Uh, this sermon that I preached was on joy, because I believe it was the Advent week of joy, um, at least you lit the candle of joy in whatever conservative or even just semi-traditional, even Christmas traditional church you go to. I preached about joy. It's quite short. It's only about eight minutes long. And I think you will appreciate it. Um, hopefully there'll be something in it that you can hold on to that will encourage you um, or even challenge you. So this is me at Mayfield Uniting Church on December 11th. Uh, preaching about joy to the congregation, uh, speaking into one of the 1970s microphones that our church proudly boasts 
as modern technology. Oh, it's glorious and beautiful. And I love the people of my church. And I think that's the reason that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to preach. I wanted to serve them and encourage them in whatever way I could. They absolutely loved hearing our choir perform some acapella Christmas carols and lead them in worship through them. Um, and I had a number of people congratulate me afterwards for the work that, uh, that we had put in to the service. So hopefully this will encourage you. This is me preaching about joy at Mayfield United Church on December 11th. See you later. I wonder, do you know anyone that wakes up happy? I mean, somebody whose first yawn in the morning is actually a laugh, or somebody who wakes up with a sparkle in their eyes, simply excited about life. Well, I myself am more of an afternoon person, so I find myself needing to uh, offer grace to those people in the morning and choose to love them, because it's sometimes difficult. Uh, I find it a little bit overbearing, but joy is something richer than mere happiness. While happiness may be like a solo violin played well on a street corner, or a solo singer standing in a concert hall, electrifying the atmosphere with beautiful melodies, joy is something more like that violin surrounded by a majestic symphony orchestra, or that singer accompanied by a magnificent choir, like we have here today. Now, it is possible for us to not experience true joy uh, at all. For the last three years that I've been at YWM Newcastle, living away from home, I haven't had regular access to any piano beyond an electric piano or a, a basic cheap keyboard. Um, now, while I absolutely love playing the piano, I actually forget how incredible it is to play the real thing until I go home to be with my family and I can sit down in my dad's church at the beautiful grand piano and play to my heart's content. We can grow accustomed to a lesser joy than the, fuller, than the fullness that we are promised in Christ. The second fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5 is joy. The undying, unmatched, unspeakable joy of the Lord is evidence of your right standing with God and Him at work in your life. That said, not being able to smile if you're going through a challenging situation or a difficult time is okay as well. Jesus stands with you. The Holy Spirit comforts you. Often joy is accompanied by another emotion or in response to something. I was recently in the United States of America, as some of you will know, visiting my girlfriend Fiona. She had left YWAM Newcastle in early July so in order for us to not lose touch, we would talk on the phone every day. Uh, it was quite hard for us to be apart. Um, but God helped us grow in our relationship with each other and with him during that time. And I am so grateful for that. After a few weeks apart, we began to establish a new sense of normality in our interaction with each other. So when we would hear the other's voice on the phone it would be the new height of joy that we experienced in our relationship. But even four months of terrific phone calls and the wonder of video call technology and how marvelous it was to see her face, albeit through a phone or a computer screen, 
nothing compared to actually being with her in person and being able to look each other in the eye and hold each other's hand. Nothing matched that at all. The joy we felt was coupled with gratitude, filled with relief and hope. When I was a child, my dad would come home from work and all I wanted to do was wrestle him. And I couldn't wait for him to come through the door so that I could tackle him to the ground. While I had fun roughhousing with dad, what really brought me joy was seeing how much he loved me and how much he delighted in me. To rejoice is a command given in scripture. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. And again, in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says, Be joyful always, at all times. This means that joy is something that we can choose. In the same way that loving people is a choice. You don't need to wake up as positive as one end of a battery to find joy. If you have the Holy Spirit, you can choose joy in every situation however mundane or bleak it may seem. We just sang joy to the world. And why does the song say to rejoice? Because the Lord has come. But why, why is that a reason for us to rejoice? Well, to answer that, we need to look at why Jesus was sent. Matthew twenty twenty eight says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not die, but will have eternal life. Prior to the sacrifice of Jesus as our substitute for our sins and depravity, reconciliation with God was a very methodical process, and it required a lot of animal sacrifice, and was primarily for the Jewish people, or the children of Israel. However, since Jesus paid the ultimate price for us and for the joy set before him endured the cross, and that joy is relationship, right relationship between us and God, we are no longer bound by the law, but we have become slaves of righteousness or captives of grace. What's more, most of us in this room are not of Jewish descent. I am 1% European Jewish though, I found out through a DNA test my brother recently did. Uh, so I don't know if I would count as one of the children of Israel. Who knows? Regardless, Jesus being born as a human was good news because it initiated the salvation of the Gentiles. In Luke chapter 2, we read of the angel appearing to the shepherds. The angel says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The reason we celebrate and rejoice in the coming of our Lord Jesus is because he has delivered us from our sins. He has forgiven us and presented us a right relationship, right standing with our creator. And this is good news indeed. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. And that for our sake, and for the sake of enjoying relationship with us, you endured the cross. You lived out your life as a perfect example. Thank you, Lord, that this Christmas season, 
we are remembering that anew. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning and your faithfulness is great. Thank you, Jesus, that we can choose joy in every situation. You give us the strength to do so, knowing that your joy is our strength. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and that we have the opportunity to shine as a light to the people around us every day and especially at Christmas. Amen.